welcome to episode 566 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are, once again, sitting at home, recording online, or if you get to go out and go places... (laughs) We're here for you. We were so close to being back in our studio, oh, ready to go. One beautiful week of being back in person. Oh, and now once again, we are recording yes. virtually this week. Yes. yes. <sighs> Megan, what happened? My partner has COVID. Okay. All right. There it is. Everybody stay safe out there. Okay. Get your stay boosties. Safe. It's true. Um, we're heading into the winter months. I'm about to go stay, stay house sit for a friend. Yeah. What a but I all I want is to be home. Yeah, Megan's COVID free at this moment, so keep your fingers crossed, everybody. I still am. What a world. What a world. What a world. Well, hopefully we'll be back in person again next week. (laughs) Fingers crossed. But until that time, I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, uh, we are getting your win rates up in Lost Caverns of Ixalan draft because yes. we've got some hot data for you all. We're taking a we're taking a look at those cold hard numbers. They do not lie. They do not. Thanks to 17lands.com, we know exactly what's going on in the format and it's pretty interesting. Mhm. It is. Uh, in case you didn't know, it is one drop central over there. One drop central, toot toot, one stop, and that stop is one drop central. Um, and we're going to get into the speed of the format, the color, yeah. like what colors you should be drafting, what kind of cards you should be drafting if you want to win. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna try to keep my spirits up. <laughs> They're flagging, you guys. Got to be honest. They're flagging. But <sighs> here we are. Here we are. Here we are, everyone. And we'll give you some stories about our drafts, some successes that we've had, strategies we're implementing to make it work for us, uh, despite the kind of, I don't know, the, the what's the word? We're on a ship and it's on a big wave and it's tilted and all of the format's sliding to one side. Wow, it's true. What a... <laughs> What a weird but good metaphor. <laughs> it's all because I can't think of the word. I'm trying to say unbalanced. Unbalanced, yeah. there's a word, format. Yes. We're making the best of an unbalanced format. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about kind of like how formats in general have also been yes. kind of skewing this way. They've all been on the same boat riding yeah. the same big wave. Yeah, there's been one wave this year. And uh, let me tell you, it's been it's crowded over on yes. one side of that ship. And we're going to kind of take a look historically through for 2023, what we've been dealing with. And kind of see what, you know, hopefully what might be ahead for 2024, given what we've seen here, or what might not be. (laughs) But before we get into any of that, everybody, a huge thank you to everyone who helps support the show, makes the show happen by becoming a member on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Yes, thank you so much to everyone who is a patron. Um, It really does mean so, so much to us, especially uh, in this past fiscal year when uh, donations in general, like all across all things um have have been down it's so nice um to still have people who are supporting the show thank you especially to one person in this last week who who heard the call and answered it the call was for justin's (laughs) yeah and they are here justin thank you for thank you for helping us out when we are busking for for money (laughs) 
Is it the best Justin pun yet? I think it might be. You know, it's it's pretty good. It certainly is the farthest that I had to reach into yeah. weird word territory. Yeah. And that's our third Justin to, yeah. in, uh, in recent memory to join up on the Patreon. So if your name is Justin and you're not just throwing us like a buck a month or whatever. Um, you could I, be. You could be. And you could force Megan to make a fourth Justin pun. Yeah. Which, also, I don't know where you're going to go from here. We're not... We like you can just put whatever name into Patreon you want. So That's honestly, true. even if your name isn't Justin, <laughs> you can go into Patreon and say that your name is Justin. And truly, what a great name. So and it's a good know, name. If you want to be a Justin, you can be a Justin on Patreon. <laughs> yep. Help us out while we're busking. <laughs> Patreon.com slash GLHF magic. And of course, we are here in the season of giving. It's right around the corner. Uh, so we always suggest if you need to buy some magical stuff for the magical people in your life, you check out cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Oh, so much stuff. You can get them cards. You can get them sealed product. You can get them just like fun magic stuff. If you're like, I don't know what cards they need. Guess what? There's just magical accessories that you can get at Card Kingdom. Yeah, they've got a magic gift guide on their website right now that you can kind of scroll through to see like, oh, hey, this is for all magic players. They've got some suggestions. What if they're commander players specifically? They've got a, a suggestions, inclu including Card Kingdom's really cool command center uh, play mat that goes in the middle where you put Ooh. all put your commanders and you can like mark how many times you've cast your commander and that kind of thing. Cute. There's a section for new magic players. Anybody that you are interested in indoctrinating... <laughs> There is a section for them. Yes. Uh, if universes beyond, they have a section for them. So check it out. I think it's a really great way to get your, all, all of your holiday shopping done. What What is the holidays except a time to try to indoctrinate your relatives? I agree. Carkeenum.com slash GHF. Keep it in mind, if your weird uncle is is just talking about, you know, trying to indoctrinate you into who knows what, you can turn that right around and be like, what if instead Magic the Gathering? <laughs> I like that strategy. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, because then if your weird uncle becomes a magic player, there is a chance that your weird uncle starts to listen to our podcast. And once yeah. you listen to our podcast, well, I mean, you're indoctrinated as you you're can possibly in, be. Yes, so. we are peak <laughs> indoctrination. My cat Lear just joined up, uh, jumped up to join us for the episode here. Hi, buddy. Uh, we'll see how long he sticks around. And since you're recording from home, there might be a Molly sighting. Oh, we'll see. She was meowing on a, on a meeting earlier. You were there. Yeah, it was very cute. Um, also, Maria, we have not had a a um, X Files update. Oh yes, in a in a long, a long time, time because long I was time. not watching it while I was in Rhode Island. But now that I'm back, I have been watching X Files. Excellent. And I have to say that in addition. To, we already talked about the excellent season three episode, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Yes. Um, so good. But I have now also been able to see um, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. Oh, oh, so good. Also so good. So good. It was just so good. I love I love when they're funny. Yeah, they're, they're, their funny episodes are like oh, the best funny they're episodes. They're so good. And that one has the delightful, like, Scully is telling the story and for some reason doesn't want to swear. And so it's all of like, like the FBI guys walking into offices <laughs> <laughs> being like, what the bleepity bleep. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just classic. Are it's you just so well done? Where are, what's, what number are you season number? So I'm currently in season four. I did also recently, the episode, we don't need to talk about it. I need to forget that I watched it. Uh, we watched Home. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Which, okay, as a horror, like as a, you know, like as a piece of horror, amazing. 
Like yeah. so good. So tense. So scary. Really excellent. Like as a thing that I saw, would like to forget it. <laughs> I have to tell you, season four and season five are my favorite seasons. So I think oh, you're in for a lot of bangers here coming yeah. up. And I'm very excited. Well, I would say like I I already felt that way about season three. Like yeah. season three is like pretty generally like the bar on the episodes is like very high. Yes, it is. Um, so and I do think I think that Clyde Bruckman's final repose is like probably still right now my favorite episode. It's so okay. Good. Listeners, stay with us through Megan's X Files journey as it continues. It's great. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time to talk about Lost Caverns of Ixalan Limited Data Deep Dive. Wow. All right, Maria, I will say I have been doing slightly better in this format than I usually am by the time we do this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Normally we're this episode and I'm like, save me. Yeah. (laughs) But this episode, I think um, we had some clues very early on in the format as to what the heck was going on. And Mm -hmm. I think if we made the pivot, we, you know, we've made the pivot a little bit earlier into doing those things, which is resulting in a better win rate overall. Exactly. Someone was like, look, draft as many miners guide wings as you can. And I was like, fine. Yep. I can do that. Absolutely. I like that bird. It's cute. It's a very cute, very good bird. It's a really cute bird. Um, Let's start start off, because I think this is going to tell the tale of the format better than any of the data we're going to share with you, um, is the speed of the format. It's important to identify this, everybody, because then you know where your priority should land for where when you're picking uh, the cards of what kind those cards are as well and how you should be playing when you're playing the actual games. Yes. So... This, do you know what? This format, unsurprisingly, is fast. Blazingly fast. Yes. Um, um, tell me the tell me the hard data about about the speed here. So in like just just in general, it's really interesting. We've been talking some about how like draft formats have just been getting faster. Yeah. Like faster and faster, and so this format it is it is faster than everything except for Lord of the Rings. Wilds of Eldraine, and Phyrexia all will be one. And we're talking about, that means all of the formats that are from uh, core set releases on Magic the Gathering Arena. Yes. So we're not talking about Cube, or, and we're not talking about Alchemy releases. We're talking about, you know, the normal sets that get released. It is yeah. only beaten by three sets. Yes. And that is, you know, and those three sets, as you will notice, are also recent sets. They're all from this year. Everything is is smoking fast. That's an incredible statement we just made there. Yeah. I think that our sets have been getting faster. This year has been incredibly fast across the board. This so, has been the fastest year of limited magic. Yes, there in we magic's go. history. Yeah, and, and on arena. Yes, we don't know about you know because you know the OG. Zandikar was pretty pretty fast, yeah, yeah. so that might have been faster. Who knows? But Honorita, this is the this is the fastest year of Magic: the Gathering yeah. Limited. Um, I mean, here's the question: We don't have this data for original Zendikar. I wonder, would it even stack up? Um, I think it might. Having right. played it one time, okay, we'll see. But it was very very fast. Um, I say we'll see. <laughs> There's no way for us to really go back yeah. and gather that data, but 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, so the, what we're referring to, we're primarily taking a look here at Premier Draft because that is going to be the fastest overall. So that's where like we're like, well, let's turn the knob all the way and see where it lands. And that's also the one that most people play on Arena. Um, so the fastest was, uh, okay, we have two data points that we're looking at when we talk about fastest, which is the average number of turns that a game takes and how good it is to be on the play in a game. Yes. And notably, uh, of of all of the formats from this year, Ixalan is the best to be on the play. Yes. So your win rate or your game rate on the play in Ixalan is above 0.53%. So that's above half of the time, um, yeah. which is... Uh, Taking a look here, I believe the most, yes, it is, the most incentivized to be on the play of any set that has been released on Magic Arena. Yeah. That's that is, pretty incredible. That is wild. And I have I found that too when I was playing in the event this past weekend, which was sealed, not draft even, or whatever, yeah. finding that not being on the play just felt way worse than it has in recent memory. And looks like I was, you know, that was a true thought, yeah. <laughs> a fact-based thought that I had. <laughs> it also feels like to some extent, like some part of it is maybe tied into, like that's why you want so many one drops. Yeah. Because you're just trying to make up for the fact that if you don't end up on the play, you need to not die. Right, exactly. Um, speaking of the other uh, axis of data that we we're talking about, which is the average number of turns, the average number of turns per game in Lost Caverns of Ixalan is slightly below 8.8. .8, so you're probably going to end up somewhere from seven to nine turns, which is not very long. No. Nope. Um, which is only beaten by Phyrexia All Will Be One, Wilds of Eldraine, and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, to and to give you an idea, um, Phyrexia All Will Be One is like just above 8.4 turns. Uh, Wilds of Eldraine is just above 8.7 turns. Um, and Lord of the Rings is right in there too. And then this is just below 8.8. .8. Yeah. Um, incredible. Just incredible. What is going on this year? Yeah. Well, Maria, this is what, you know, I was wondering this before we started recording, which is, is this on purpose or is this like a, is this like a hole in the team that like needs to be, that needs to be addressed? Like, are they, there's, right, there's those two options. Either um, the, you know, the design and playtesting teams have been like, yep, this is where we want the draft formats or we want to try out having them super fast for a year or they have they have sent all of these like you know to print not realizing that every single one of these draft formats was exceedingly fast yeah i think that you're right i i think you know i'm not an r&d expert but if i if i were I, w I imagine that maybe one set they're like this might be fun to be a more aggressively leaning set yeah but i certainly don't think they would want this to happen yeah. where this year is just incredibly fast against all of the core releases from this year yeah all just blazingly fast march of the machine uh the slowest amongst them but even then uh not very slow yeah so i feel like someone just like do you do does someone need to sit them down and be like look this is an intervention to say stop printing good one drops <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Just briefly, just briefly don't, I mean, think about it. There's, there's so many good one drops, whereas it used to be, you could have basically nothing at one. You right. would maybe have some combat tricks maybe. in there. Um, or maybe something like. Probably not a creature. Yeah. Or the, um, the minus two, mi right? Like a minus two, minus two effect or something Dead like weight. that. The enchantment that does it. But 
the, like these days there's you know we'll talk we already talked about miner's guide wing yep there's the little one two goblin that can be a two two hasty goblin there's um there's in the Phyrexia, one, one. all will be one there was the the crawling chorus yeah exactly that was a one one with in fact that made a mite when it died yep you're like why do we need these things <laughs> this is i think maybe we, we've hit upon it here do you think the lone presence of one drops that do something else is just impossible and we just can't have nice things because they'll ruin a format? I don't know that, right? It's not that we can't have nice things, but I feel like this is something that has crept into basically every format. And I I wish that there would be a time when they were like stopping and thinking like, hey, should we have ache? Can we have a break from this? Can we have a format where there's not excellent freaking one drops? It's interesting too, because if I was designing this format, I'd be like, well, you're out of your mind, right? Like we have enormous dinosaurs, some of which have reach at common. We have a yeah. four or five with reach at common. Like, you know, I'd be like, that, that's got to be good enough. Like that's yeah. just one data point, but like, give me a break. No. But it's just not good enough. Do you know what you spend four mana ca casting colossodactyl or whatever yeah and it's like okay for two mana i can bounce it yeah and like i if i played a creature on one two and three which in this format is exceedingly likely yep then like you've played something maybe we've traded i still have two attackers and you like take one full turn to play this colossodactyl and i just bounce it and attack with all my things again you're in so much trouble <laughs> absolutely um so, yeah, I I don't know what's going on. I think they need to have a come to whatever god that they have over there in our team. Yeah. <laughs> because a come to Ulamog Ula moment, this is yeah. a... I, they can't keep this up for... People are just going to, like, not be into it. I, there's negative I mean, opinions like, about this format already. I'm mad about it. <laughs> and I like, like I am, playing aggressive uh, yeah. decks. Yes, you do. You... And I was... Yeah, I cannot say that about myself. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say that about you and I can say that about you. And yeah. even you are like, wait it's a too second. Much. It's just too much. Um, that said, like last week I was talking about how much I like the format. For some reason, I do still like the format. Yeah. What I think I mean is I like all the stuff that the cards can do in this format. Yeah. I really like craft. I think discover is awesome. I think it yeah. being on the caves is very cool. Um, I like map tokens a lot. All of this stuff is really, really interesting to be dealing with during a game. The problem is, is that the game's too friggin' fast and yep. Every, and you can do it uh, across a couple of different color pairs, which we'll get into. So it's not just one deck that we're worried yeah. about doing that in the format. So we're just Craft, slanting. Yeah. You've got to get those one drops in. And that kind of, that hurts like when everything else is so cool. Craft is so cool. And the number of times when there are multiple craft artifacts on the battlefield when a match ends is like so high because you just don't, there's no time to craft them. Yeah. If you take a turn to craft something, again, if you take a turn to craft something and then there's a cheap answer or a cheap evasive creature that just doesn't even care, then it's like, well, wh what now? Why did you do that? Why did you yeah. spend your time doing that? Yeah. Or, you know, they just play their removal spell on it that costs three mana and exactly. or like two mana, like you mentioned, to bounce it. And yeah. then you're like, oh. Oh, man. Like a braid. I love a braid. And it sure does. If you craft like the 6-6 <laughs> six, six Kraken guess sure what does. guess what it it's an artifact creature <laughs> it sure dies to a braid 
I just like it's just shocking looking at this. Honestly, I know, I know that the, I know the R and D team likes to play blue cards. I know they like to draw <laughs> cards. I know they like counter spells. Like that's who gets hired. Like right because those are the people that are really. I don't deep know, Maria. I don't know because that's not what this looks like to me. <laughs> so maybe something's going wrong in the testing process where they're just not. Like maybe there's not an aggressive player on the testing team. There probably yeah. is, but I'm saying maybe there's just not enough who are not like yeah. keen on drafting these strategies, so they don't get their work in and they don't realize that this is going to happen yeah. when it gets out in the real world. Or it feels like maybe they're trying to be like, hey, we need to make sure that there's at least like one good draftable aggressive deck in this format, and in order to m ensure that happening, what they're accidentally doing is making it <laughs> the top thing to do. <laughs> It's just like, oh, it's too bad because I like everything else about this format. Yeah. And it's not like I'm going to like not play it as much either because I will because I just really like all the stuff. So I don't know if that makes me a glutton for punishment or what, but <laughs> here I am. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> More punishment. <laughs> Get me a TikTok account. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> that was upsetting, but okay. <laughs> So that's one thing we're thinking about speed. It is blazingly yeah. fast, everybody. You need one drops. My first uh, seven win deck in Premier Draft had nine one drops in it. Um, if oh that my, gives you any oh idea. Oh my goodness. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm drafting more one drops than I ever have in my life. Um, my most recent seven win deck like had. <laughs> let me let me take a quick look at it real, real, yeah. real fast over here. Um, had. Let's see. Uh, where is it? Okay, sorry. Um, had only had three one drops. And I will tell you that I played those three and I was like, oh, this does not feel like enough. Yeah. Mine had nine. And I should have said this too. My curve stopped at four. Yes. My curve also stopped at four. Yep. So there you go, everybody. That's Oof. what you got to do if you want to get the dubs in this format. Let's talk about color because this does play into it too. You can't just draw draft um, small creatures yeah. in every color. Uh, so yeah, let's take a look at uh, the 10 best commons. Okay, so this is the best commons to pick in the game based on game in hand win rate, which means the likelihood if you have them in your hand uh, during the game that you're going to win the game. Um, so number one, best common. Anybody have a guess? It's one we've talked about a number of times on this show. Sure is. Oltec Cloud Guard. Which is surprising because it is a four mana creature. Yeah, it is four mana. That's the top of your curve right there. Yes. But it is a four mana three two flyer that also makes a one one. Yeah, I'm playing that card all day. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. We, we all are. It's incredible. It makes, it makes. by the way, the one one is an artifact, which is also very important. Yes, very important. So, just a little craft boy. Just a little craft boy. Um, number two is in blue, Waterwind Scout. That's our 2-2 oh. flyer that makes a map token. So good. Again, so good. Map tokens, incredible. I do love map tokens. I feel like that's part of why I'm still right now enjoying this format. It's because I love me and like I love to explore. And I love me a map token. Remember last week I asked you, what do you like better, maps or explore? And oh. you're like, I have to think about it. What do yeah. you think this week? Maps. Yeah, I see? love maps. Maps, they're so good. Maps are great. So good. Coming yeah. in at number three, we're going back to white for the uh, card we've mentioned today, Miner's Guidewing. We've talked about it so much because it is a card worth talking about. 
This is our 1-1 one, one flying vigilance. When it dies, another creature, a uh, target creature you control explores. So good. So really, Again, really good. like, if someone plays this on turn one, you're just like, oh, GG. Wolf. And if you play it on turn one, you're like, well, this game's locked. Yeah, <laughs> can't lose. Literally can't lose. I have felt that way playing a miner's guide in turn one, and I'm like, this game's over. Absolutely. That's an absurd thought to have, but I do have that thought. Yes, absolutely I do. And do you know what? Most of the time, I'm right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you are. Um, the fact that this thing lets another creature you control explore is just devastating. If it was just a 1-1 flyer, it would still be good and we would still play it in this format. But the yeah. explore onto something else just makes you want to die because it's going to explore on another friggin' miner's guide. <laughs> exactly. You don't even want to. You don't want it to die. You don't want it to uh, live. You don't want it to die. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> okay. Coming up next is Cogwork Wrestler. Oh. Uh, this is just... If another you one told drop. Me this, it's this. We're back to blue. We've, we've done white and blue so far. Back to blue. Another Single one drop. Cogwork wrestler. This is the one-two flash. When it enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets minus two, minus zero until end of turn. Another artifact. Very notably, another little craft boy. Yep. <laughs> he comes in. He do him job. How are you supposed to attack in this format when you know your opponent has this? It makes it yeah. very difficult based I mean, on you, the toughness of creatures in this set. You have to attack because if you're not attacking, you're right. losing. Exactly. <laughs> Which is also very true. But also sometimes you attack into a cogwork wrestler or and sometimes like, your opponent rip. attacks and you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> what a great day. This card is so good. Uh, I've said it in the past. I'm like, sometimes these effects aren't great in certain limited formats. It's great in this format. Sure, is it is great. It is so great that it is the fourth best common. <laughs> Coming in at number five. Also, this is not always the best effect, but it is in this set. Petrify. Yes, this is the pacifism. It's one in a white. Enchant a creature. It can attack, block, or activate its abilities. I think the point of this being so great in this set is that it's so cheap. It's number so one. cheap. And number two, um, activated abilities is important to shut down in this set too. Yeah. On creatures, there's a lot of ones with little interesting activated abilities, so... Ideally, I feel like with this card, the part of its like key piece of being so good is that it's a two drop because ideally you're going like, gosh, this format, one drop, two drop, turn three, a one drop and a petrify. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'll take down whatever is in your way. Like that's what you want. Coming in at number six, we've got Oaken Siren. Uh, this is everything you want as well. It's cheap. It's blue. It's a bird. It has vigilance to wear its freaking pirate hat. Yes. Um, it has, it taps for blue to cast or activate abilities of artifacts. It's, <sighs> it's absurd. This card is also so good. My opponents play this card and like you said, I'm like, oh, I can't win. I draft, I like, again, I play this card and I'm like, good game. I mean, how do you attack through this card? <laughs> you, you cannot. <laughs> That's the most absurd statement I've ever said. But I have played against this card wearing a pirate hat and I just wanted to throw my computer into the sea. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, um, number seven, inverted yeah. iceberg. Yeah. This one's a little surprising. This is the one in a blue for an artifact. Um, you mill a card, draw a card. And then uh, for four blue, blue craft with artifact, it becomes a six, six. This is the one thing that sometimes I try to craft. I like, or I will craft. Yeah. Um, because if it sticks, it's like so good. Yeah, of course. It's it's an, it's an amazing body for one in a blue um, in, er, initial investment cost. Wow. 
stop stop objectifying it like that. It's more than a body, Maria. It's an iceberg. That iceberg also is a true killer. That one took down the Titanic. I don't know if you know, but that was the this one. This is the iceberg that took down the Titanic. Yeah, that was the one. So like, great work. Um, nice. Great mind. Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> we're finally going to uh, talk about a card that's neither blue nor white. Finally. In Itali's oh. favor, coming yes. in at number eight. This is two in a red enchantment enchant creature you control when Itali's favor enters the battlefield. Discover three enchanted creature is one plus one plus one and trample. You know what? I am surprised. I have never seen this card in my life. Oh, I've seen it a number of times. Um, what's, right. actu- what's actually surprising to me about this is that this is higher than the blue one that turns an artifact into a five four or whatever it is. That's uncommon. Oh, that's uncommon. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Itali's favorite. I that's how I think of this card is like that uncommon, but at common because you play it, um, you discover three, which is great. Just like when that blue one dies, you discover as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You get plus one, plus one, and trample. So hopefully you're putting on this on something relevant, like you know, probably a, a I don't know a miner's guide wing. <laughs> and it's probably a miner's guide wing. Uh, you always have the a possibility of getting blown out, but. Um, the removal we mentioned as being good in the set is Petrify, which is sorcery speed. Yeah. So, like, I think that it's just less likely to happen in the colors that are good in the set, which are white and blue. So, anyway, Itali's yep. favor, number eight. Pretty nice. Next up is our first green card, which is Pathfinding Axe Jaw. This is three and a green for a 4-3. When it ETBs, it explores. What a good card. You know... He's so cute. We already talked about him. This dinosaur has a job. He does. He has like cute little lights on his head and his tum tum. Exactly. He it's a strong path. card. Strong. Um, if it hits a non-land, it's just it's kind of a, feels slightly unbeatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five four for four is is a pretty is pretty big time. <laughs> that's what we call a four turn clock. Like um, yeah. Anyway, that's a big boy. That's a I big mean, boy. I am still so as long as you have played something on one, two, and three before this, great. Yes, it can't you be. Cannot, yes, you cannot have started at no. three and then played this on four. No, that is not a recipe for success. That's not happening. Um, finally, rounding out our top ten, back to red with Goblin Tomb Raider. Back to one drops with Goblin Back Tomb to Raider. One ra- yeah. Single red mana for a one, two. As long as you control an artifact, it gets plus one, plus oh, and has haste. Yeah. Yep. You know what? Everyone sure does. If you're playing this, it's because you play it on turn one and then attack for two with it on turn two. Everybody, there is a problem with one drops that have these benefits. You can't put too many of them in a set. Here's the thing. Magic's getting more complicated, right? Cards are doing more things than they used to do. They're better than they used to be overall. But I feel like it's especially dangerous, we're learning, in these sets over this past year, to put an additional ability on a one-drop. Power creep of one-drops. That's what I'm That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Everything has power creep in Magic, but one-drops have especially power crept. <laughs> It might be an especially dangerous place to put your your creep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> I think we can all agree that everywhere is a dangerous place to put a creep. None of them are good. Where did you put your creep last night? <laughs> like nowhere is nowhere is a good place. Your one drop spot. No, because that might ruin your format. Um, 
So yeah, there's your top 10 commons, everybody, for this set. Look out for them when you're drafting. Mm -hmm. Those cards are the bread and butter of any format at common. That's why we talk about them. You're going to see them more often than any other cards, and they're going to make up more of your decks than any other cards. But Um, Maria. Yes. You might have noticed there were no black cards on this list. No, there were not. The first black card appears at 22nd. 22nd in the list. That's unreal. I think that's the lowest that we've had when we've talked about this kind of stuff. Like in my memory, absolutely. And we've Um, talked about it a lot this year because there's been a color imbalances for many sets. For many sets. (laughs) Again, that goes with the question of like, there seems to be like some kind of gap that's happening. Um. (sighs) In, in developing and testing this stuff for limited there's you know it's okay we have gaps um but but also it needs to be acknowledged and addressed um maria i want you to guess what is what is the first black card to appear on this list of best of comments okay at 22nd this is a great question i'm looking through them right now yeah i have a couple of guesses all right but i really should just go with my gut what's your gut say Deep Cavern Bat. Oh, that is a great guess, but it is not. That's not it? It's not it. Is that card, is that uncommon? It might be uncommon. Okay, it's uncommon. Sorry, I couldn't tell from its set symbol. So that, I retract my guess. Yeah. My new guess <laughs> is Tithing Blade. It is, in fact, Tithing Blade. Yeah! Tithing Blade. I mean, it, it. do you know what? It is a good card. I called it a two drop. It's a two drop. It's a, it it's is a two a, drop. Two, two for two. Of course it is. So that's why I picked it. <laughs> but it you know what? what Tithing like, Blades yeah. sure feels worse, though, when people have like their little cogwork wrestlers that already did their job. Yeah, no, then it's, it's just And then awful. they just sack it and you're like, and I think that that's why it's 22nd on this list and not higher. Yeah. It's great against uh, red green, but mm-hmm. everything else is like a little having a hard time. Having a hard time. Well, speaking of having a hard time, let's talk about the color data for this format because yeah. we've been through the speed. We've been through the top 10 commons. You might have some guesses as to what the color data says based on our list of top 10 commons. Um, but there are some better colors to be in in draft than others. Yeah. So, but, Maria. Yeah. The two best colors to be in are Azorius and Is It. They are tied currently as of this recording uh, with a win rate of 58.8%. I mean, all right. Blue, red, blue, white. Let's Super go blue. Fast, like trying to get artifacts in there as much yeah. as possible. Uh, straightforward game plan. Yep. One and two. Oh, man, I will say I've also been super impressed. There's like the 3-3 three, three, um, pirate with defender for one and a blue. Uh-huh. That can attack if an artifact entered the battlefield this turn. I mean, basically, it's just a 3-3 three, three that can attack yeah. and block. Every turn. Just go for it's it. Just, it's just a 3-3 three, three for two mana. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and pirates. Be- it's absurd. <laughs> oh, gosh. I really want to draft a great pirates deck, but I haven't so far. I've only done like Boros. Oh, and I Asturias. had a great one in a best of, in like a traditional best of three that ended up i ended up 2-1 and it was so close and it was so sad because the deck was uh, so good but i also in like the last round ended like faced off against a deck that i that was also like tremendous yeah of course um coming in at number three uh the next best color pair to be in is red green with gruel their win rate is 57.3 percent do you know what that one is surprising to me just because it's big it's big 
Yeah, it's big. I think that I would have guessed that uh, right now Boros is next at 57.1. And I would have, like, if you had asked me to guess, I would have swapped those two. Yeah, me too. They are super, super close. They're very close. I think Red's removal is probably pushing up Gruel here. Yeah. That's my that's my guess. Um, and also like it just wins the games that maybe Azorius or is it Flood or mm-hmm. whatever. Even though flooding is, you know, kind of a little bit harder to do in this format because yeah. of the caves and stuff. Also, I don't remember the last time I played 17 lands. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, okay, this is a topic for a different time, but like, is limited becoming a 16 land format? It sure has been this year. Because again, yes, all the formats this year, there have been times when like every time that I first think it in a format, I'm like, this feels weird. But then I do it and I'm like, yep, this just seems right. But that has happened, I think, with every single format this year. Yeah. It's interesting. And also something that Wizards has been, you know, they've said we're thinking about it. How do we make it more beneficial to you to draw land later in the game? Um, Yeah. Or like something that you d- you couldn't use later in the game, yeah. and maybe that turns into the fact that you're able to play fewer lands because like stuff is just cheaper. Stuff is when you it, when your curve stops at four, you don't need seventeen lands. Yeah, um, I will say. I mean, caves have been an ex have been one of my favorite solutions to this. Yes, I love caves. Yeah. All right, we're getting off topic. Sorry. Okay. Number five, Celestia, green white, which is 56.1. Also surprising to me, I think just because I have not personally faced any Celestia deck that felt particularly good. I agree. Celestia doesn't feel like it has a strong identity in this set. I think we talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it it is slightly surprising. And I think the reason being that it has white. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, kudos to the people that have figured it out and and are making this the, you know, it fall in this place in this uh ranking yeah because it's not me (laughs) yeah just playing the plus three plus three and trample you know probably um as many of those as they can get number six is simic and there is is a big drop between celestia is 56.1 and simic is 54.3 like almost two full percentage points yeah that's a big drop so these the next the rest of our list here is all kind of not doing so hot yeah um demir Coming in at number seven, Demir yeah. is blue-black. That's 52.9. Demir is so rough. Its identity doesn't feels non-existent to me in this format. Well, I know what it wants to do. It wants to put, you know, the stuff into the graveyard. So it gets the counter or it gets the benefit or you get to descend eight or four. It just does not feel right. There's like something about it. Like I literally the other day I was drafting and it seemed like in pack one, I ended up being almost mono blue in pack one because it felt like I was in a seat that was supposed to be Demir. And I was like, literally, if I go into Demir, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with this. Because he just didn't. Because like, because I don't, because its identity just feels so underwhelming to me. So my first sealed I played of this format on Arena, I had a Demir sealed deck, which felt like a Demir draft deck, and I didn't get a single loss playing right. it. So I do know that it is possible. However, I will say that, like, number one, it was early in the format, but number two, you have to have the pieces come together. It's one of those decks where it's like, do you have the payoff? Do you have the enabler? Do you have a late game? That's that, Are you able to survive into the late game to get your enablers online? Whereas a color pair like Azorius or is it that is not the case. You don't have to do a backflip to draft those decks. You just have yep. to play a one drop. <laughs> do a backflip. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. Golgari, the same, right? It's like, yeah. it's just underwhelming. 
53.8% for black green. I yep. think the fungus not being able to block is a huge problem. Why? Why? I don't know. Like, Why can't just, that fungus block? It's weird because the gnomes can do everything and the, the other gnomes color pairs. The, and their the gnomes are, They're excellent. The gnomes, best, best working little boys out there. <laughs> The gnomes, A plus work on the gnomes. I just don't know why the decision was made that the fungus can't block. Is it because other funguses in previous sets couldn't block? No. Name me a fungus that can't block. Right from uh, from Strixhaven. Those fungi couldn't block, could they? No, I think that they could. Were they were they one ones? Were they O ones? Okay, um, Megan's okay. looking it up. Let me. <laughs> Let's get the history of fungus and Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm going to okay. go to Strixhaven. Yep. I'm going to look through Strixhaven stuff. Um, but it, again, that just feels to me like a place where it's like, it felt like someone in testing had to have been like, oh, this is too strong. Yes. They, if, these, if, these fung- if you make this fungus and it's able to both attack and block, that's too strong. But the, that, is, that was obviously an incorrect conclusion. I agree. Because this... Because this color specifically that has them is struggling so hard. Yeah. Golgari's having a real rough day of it. As you look up the data, I'll round out our list with the final two. Number nine is Orizov. That's white-black coming at 53.4%. And Rakdos comes in at number 10. This is the worst. That's black-red. And that is 52.8%, which is a far, far cry from up at our top of the list with Azorius and Izzet, which are ruling the day at 58.8%. So. Yeah. Poor Rakdos. Okay, so they were also in, in Strixhaven. It's not what we're thinking of because those were the pests. Oh, the pests. Okay. And the pests could block. And the pests you gave a life when they died. What about uh, what about Slimefoot's babies? Were those Slimefoot's babies can block? What the heck? I know. All right. Well, these I'm are the all out first. Of ideas. These are the first magic fungi that I can recall. Those are also that also makes saprlings. Maybe yeah, they saprlings. were just, I guess to be fair. This, like, uh, fungus tokens are uh, less common than we think that they are. Okay. And so maybe uh, they were just trying to give it, like, a an identity. So. Uh, like, that's my best guess, right? Is that this is, they were like, oh, hey, other times it's made saprlings. Those are their own thing. Sure, and they don't want it. They want and it. So to we want them to, to make sure else. that they're not saplings and they're not pests. How are they different? Okay. Well, okay, they can't block. But I don't also, know I why. thought they were pests. So. I don't know. That's why. <laughs> like that. That's what we and like we landed on. Yeah. So there is clearly an issue here as far as color is concerned. Blue is the best color of the set, uh, but it is aggressive blue, which is a little bit interesting. Yeah. Um. So Wild, that's, you know, these are these are the colors you want to be in. Azorius, is it or Gruul or Boros with Celestia yeah. a distant fifth, um, and then the rest you kind of want to avoid if you have the option to. That yeah. being said, if there's a fight at your table for these top colors, you don't want to be in them because your no. deck will just be trash. So exactly. I don't know what to tell you because you're not playing in pod, right? So <laughs> good luck, Buttercup, out there in the arena. <laughs> um. Should we go over really quickly just the best commons in each color? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So in white, um, we've already talked about most of these. We have Ultec Cloud Guard, Miner's Guidewing, and Petrify at the top. And then Tinker's Tote and Deconstruction Hammer round out 
that list. Yeah, I think Tinker's Tote is fabulous. It does everything that you want it to do. Uh, making yeah. yourself some gnomes, um, their artifacts. It's an artifact, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, deconstruction hammer. I'm always sad to see on the other side of the battlefield from me because they're just going to blow up my awesome uh, oh, craft artifact. I know. Deconstruction hammer is is quite good. I really like it. Um, In blue. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say another thing? No. In blue, uh, we already talked about the top four. Waterwind Scout, Cogwork Wrestler, Oaken Siren, Inverted Iceberg. Number five is Unlucky Drop. Do you know what? That is also surprising to me because it is four mana. I have felt like when I have had it in my deck, it is too expensive. I agree. Um, I agree. I will say that on the list right after it in sixth is Brackish Blunder, which is the one in a blue instant. Uh, you can bounce something. And if it was tapped, you make a map token. Right. And that is my pick. Yeah, like, that's great. Ooh, that card is... <laughs> that card is... So good. Unlucky Drop is a very, very tricky card to everybody in drafting. You can't just put it in any deck and expect it to do anything. The yep. only time it's going to be good is if you're going one, one, two, three, three, two, one. Unlucky Drop. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to put a bunch of cards out there. Yeah, and then Unlucky Drop their big blocker. Uh, in black, let's look at what's going on down in the color <laughs> which must not be named. Yes, <laughs> Tithing Blade, which Already I talked about. We talked about, I guess, uh, Fanatical Offering is coming in second, which is a good combat trick. And you they know try what? and kill something, you draw cards. I like, and you know what? I will say that like, this is, again, the best iteration of this spell that we've ever had. Yeah. It is one in a black. Uh, you sacrifice an artifact or creature, draw two cards, and that's usually where it stops. But this time you also create a map token. Absolutely. Like, uh, those are it, all things I want this card to do. It's so good. <laughs> Um, and Black's, you know, kind of one of the other sub-themes is Sacrifice, which we've talked about. just like, just yeah. not working in this nope. set. Um, and this wants to be in that deck and, you know, whatever. Um, I can't believe this one yeah. is third, but it's because it's three mana. Join the dead. This is an incredible removal spell. Minus five, minus five. If you have Descend four, it's minus ten, minus ten. Um, you what look can at I say? this card, and if I tell you, I'm like, hey, Maria, this card doesn't, is not even in the top... 20 best commons of a format i don't know if i would be able to believe you if you right? told me that when this came out like aren't you just flummoxed i would be like i think my conclusion would have been oh is it because dinosaurs are so good and minus five minus five is not enough to kill them that's what i would guess you know nope, that is nope. not the answer the answer is that everything that you want to kill costs one and two mana and if you're spending three mana to do that you feel like the biggest loser that's ever happened right you are spending more mana on it's a bad deal there's so many times you like look at it in hand or like if someone joined the deads like your miner's guide wing and you're like how do you feel about that my friend Oh, awful. It's like you, this card is buying something that the store marked up 50% and they're like, <laughs> when they exactly. sell it to you, that's what this card is like. Uh, another chance is after that, getting your creatures back from the graveyard, two mm -hmm. and a black, um, two cards from your graveyard to your hand. Okay. Pretty yeah. slow. <laughs> and then death cap marionette. Uh, this is the one in a black for a 1-1 one, one death touch that uh, mills two cards when it enters the battlefield. Do you know what? There are formats when this card would have been stellar. It's not. It's bad. It's like in any other dinosaur format, I want a million of this guy. I mean... You want none of this. You want none black. Is the truth. Yeah, the problem is that you say you want none black. Um, it's like, it's just so... Like everyone else... Why, why are you casting... 
a 1-1 for two mana that can only stay on the ground when your opponent is casting 1-1s with flying and vigilance for one mana or hasty 2-2s for one mana. Like, yep. no. It's not a good deal. Don't not take a good that deal. deal. Bad deal. Uh, in red, we've mentioned Atali's Favor and Go- Goblin Tomb Raider, which are at the top of the list. Coming in third, no surprise here, is a Braid. Oh, beautiful. A beautiful removal spell. A beautiful removal spell, especially in this format. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plundering, Plundering Pirate. Pirate. Oh. So nice. We love and that card. treasure. Give me that treasure. We love a treasure. And finally, Volatile Wanderglyph. <laughs> I love this card. I don't think I've ever... Have I cast this card? Oh, you should. It's nice. This is one in a red for a 2-2. When it becomes tapped, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. I was thinking it was that weird 3-5. Okay, no. It's the the 2-2. Yeah, this is a great card. It's the 2-2. It's nice. Um, And finally, in green, how's green looking? As we know, not super great, but it's got some highlights like Pathfinder uh, Axe Draw. Great. We already talked about it. Staggering size. We already talked about this one as well. Uh, removal spell in Huatli's final strike. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of expensive, but it will kill their thing and not your thing. Yep. Uh, poison dart frog. Of course, it's a one and a green one one with reach. Yes, very important. That is its biggest ability. What would you, Do you think if this was a one two? With reach, oh, this card! If it if this card was a one-two with reach for one in a green, it would be, it would be. Nuts. How much would green go up the scale of oh, color? So far, so far. That one change. If you made this two toughness, oh my goodness! I think. Yeah, we're, we're talking about a different metagame. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Cavern Stomper is in at number five for green. Which I don't is even know what I don't even know who this is. If you're gonna do the big thing. I guess you play a cavern stomper. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, do you know what? This is a six mana, seven, seven, that when it enters the battlefield, scry two. Yeah. So if you can get there, if you're still alive, it's great because, you know. And it it is fifth on the list. It's number five. Good job. Wow. Wow. What a format, Maria. Rough stuff. What a format. Um. Finally, we're going to tell you about um, the best performing rares or mythics, regardless oh, yeah. of color. You know, that, I just yeah. kind of like to know this sometimes. It's just nice yeah. to know, like, who's the best? What is the literal best card you can open in the set, regardless of how you're going to draft your deck? Um, yeah. It's um, a really good card. The first two are big boy flyers. There's Bone Horde Dracosaur, which is the 5 5 for 3 red red flying first strike. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play them this turn. If you exile the land card this way, create a 3 1 red dinosaur creature token. If you exile the non land card this way, create a treasure token. So good. Just so, so absurd. Next is Aklazat's Deepest um, Betrayal. Great uh, name this for is, a card. Yeah, this is just another. Like, it's three black black for a 4-4 flying lifelink. Yeah, not too expensive coming in at four here. Exactly. And whenever it attacks, each opponent discards a card. Uh, For each opponent who can't, you draw a card. If they discard a land card, you make a bat with flying. And if it dies, uh, it becomes a land that you can then transform back into this you know, back into this bat god. Now, we don't have a pro tour with this format, where so we don't have pros drafting this. Yeah. Um, so my ca- my question would be, if we saw a pro tour level draft and this was pack one, pick one, do you think the person would take it or do you think they would pass it? It does have the second highest win rate of any card. 
but also that's game and hand win rate. So like if what about all the and I will say, okay, Maria, actually here's a personal anecdote is that I did draft a black white deck because I opened this card. Yeah. And do you know what? Every game that I didn't draw this card, I sure did lose. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think the pros might pass it. Yeah. Interesting and sad. I like to play with my sweet rares I open. Yeah. Um coming in at number three, Polini's Hatcher. Oh, uh, this I is, got wrecked by this. This card's very good. Three yes. red green for a five three dinosaur. Other dinosaurs have haste. When it enters the battlefield, you make two oh one dino eggs at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control one or more eggs, you turn an egg into a three three green dino, which then has haste. Absolutely absurd. <laughs> you had uh, a you unstable glyph bridge. Is this the one that you're mad about in white? Um, oh no, this is not it. The one that I was mad about was even farther down. Oh, okay, okay. This um, is, but I that's only because this card. card has never been cast against me. I had this um in a sealed, which was very fun. This is three white white for a rare artifact. When it enters the battlefield, uh, for each player, choose a creature with power two or less they control, then destroy all creatures except creatures chosen this way and then you can craft it with an artifact for five to turn it into the most annoying creature that exists in the game of <laughs> gathering five three flyer whenever an opponent casts a spell during their turn they can't attack you or planeswalkers you control this turn each opponent who attacked you or a planeswalker you control this turn can't cast spells so you got to choose you can attack you want to cast spells it's oh, so annoying i hate it deeply annoying deeply annoying and then finally is kite sail larcenist talk about deeply annoying <laughs> <laughs> is um, two, this three? is two and a blue for a two three flying ward one steal your it, girl yep <laughs> when it enters the battlefield for each player choose up to one other target artifact or creature that player controls for as long as kite sail larcenous remains on the battlefield the chosen permanents become treasure artifacts with tap you know classic Make, treasures yeah, treasure. they become treasures they become treasures so you got to kill it if you want to get rid of it if you want your creature back or whatever yeah but also it has wards so. yeah and also in the meantime it's a two three flyer yeah exactly it's great Woof. this you know this format maria this, this format format is wolf sometimes wolf town i mean it's fun but also sometimes it's wolf yeah i can't i imagine if this format had somehow righted itself and been even slightly more balanced we might be like calling it one of the all-timers because it's so cool it's so cool it's so cool and yet you know and yet Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you for hanging out with us, and hopefully we'll help your win rate on Arena. Yeah. Hopefully you're able to draft one of these 9-1 drop decks or something. Uh, it's truly a fun time when yeah. you just get to win and smash face, but... Tell yeah. us what you think of this format down in the comments. We would love to know. And if you want to see the draft decks that we uh, talk about on the show or the ones that we're just drafting in our spare time and not talking about, if you become a patron, we put them in the Discord. Absolutely. And our other patrons in our Discord uh, put up pictures of their winning draft decks, too, mm -hmm. which I think is really fun. You can also ask people for help if you're like, hey, what do you think of this build? All that kind of stuff. Our community is really, really great in our Discord, and you get access to it by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash GLHF. Get a special shout out for yourself next episode uh, for the start of December if you, uh, if you get Whether in. your name is Justin or yes. if you just want to call yourself Justin for, <laughs> for the heck of it. <laughs> Thanks as well to Card Kingdom. Get all your shopping done early at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Check out their holiday gift guide if you want some ideas about what to get the magic players in your life. And you know what? Get yourself something while you're there. Treat yourself. Yeah. 
gift giving counts you also. Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 